page Reish Pevav Perak Shisha Asar two eighty six. We're up to the Amun of Adam. Uh, is going to be Asar of Adam ten Vadim, and then after Amun is Gaiva Bracha Seder Simcha, and then we're on to Shar Shlishi. Um, Amun is kind of a difficult topic because probably every single one of these could explode into a series of Shiram and endless books and Sfarim that hit the shelves like by the week. So we'll try to pick up on the things that are meaningful and stay relatively close to the text. Otherwise, we'll never finish, and it also won't necessarily be what he's trying to focus on. We recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu from three basic revelations. There are three areas where we encounter Hashem. Briyas HaOilam, creation, Matan Taira, and Hagulachraina. So we're gonna go through these a little bit and unpack it. Essentially creation. The way that it occurred to me is that there's essentially creation, relationship, and design or purpose, right? The uh, the Kuzari, which again, you know, he the Revolvi would would have brought in anything. He had a wealth of knowledge and resources. He would have brought in anything he wanted to really talk about. Um, but one of the things that we talk about is a lot of our Mitzrayim. We link back to Yitzias Mitzrayim slash Matan Torah to. Our experience, um, ex- something that's experiential over knowledge, but also some Matan Torah is ultimately relationship-based, and these things arguably are sort of how the thirteen Ikrim also also divide up into categories. Um, but we'll, we're we're going to start to explore these. So essentially, Hakadosh Baruch Hu creates, and, and either one of those could stand on its own. You could have a, uh, you could have a God that created the world but doesn't necessarily run it, right? In other words, there does, there's no design and purpose. You could have something that was there beforehand and somebody else steps into what was there already and designs it. And then there's the, the idea of an active relationship um, with us. So these these are three buckets. Um, the other thing that I was reflecting on be, before, uh, beforehand as I was as looking at the material is, that, you know, Amun is a very broad topic. As you sort of create a framework for different ways to understand um, Amuna, where you have to work on it, and you know, a lot, a lot of times people, you know, sometimes you feel more plugged into certain things, less plugged in, more or less inspired. Instead of just thinking things as sort of like as a broad, wide open topic, if you can identify um, areas either where there's a chisar and there's something lacking, there's something that you don't really relate to, it gives you an area where you can work on a piece of it. There's a difference between, you know, if you have. Okay, sorry about that. There's a difference between an incomplete picture or if you have a puzzle that has not a thousand pieces, 999 are fine and you have to, you know, order, you're missing one piece or one piece is, 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 is messed up so you can replace that piece and see where it fits into the picture. So giving yourself a way to understand the different components of Amunah and the way that we relate to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, um, so that, that gives a way to deal with it. Uh, the second idea also is understanding that knowledge and Amunah are not necessarily are not, or not are necessarily not the same thing. In other words, something that you know you don't need Emuna for, right? Emuna is really built on MS, where, where, where the extent of what you know, we have to, we'll, we'll have to understand also exactly what we're trying to accomplish with Emuna. It's very easy to say that, um, you know, that everything is Emuna and dealing with Hashem is Emuna. The truth is something that is, a hundred, our, we run out alive is based on inference, right? If, if, if you're on the other side of the phone and I hear your voice, I guess it could be somebody copying your voice. In fact, now with AI, it's probably not that 
difficult to do, right? There are certain things that based on based on my working knowledge, yeah, I guess there's a certain level of muna. I mean, I, yeah, I could also be dreaming right now. There are certain things that fall within knowledge. They fall within things that I know. So we're going to have to understand exactly where, wh- what it is that we're defining as a muna so that we understand what it is that we have to work on. What's there? So let, let's just sort of start at least the introduction. We're not going to get to the first vod today, but we'll talk about this in piece of introduction. Number one, Babrias Ailam. Creation is Gala Kadosh Baruchu Besoch Kadosh Baruchu. Now, really, nobody was at creation. Adam Arishon himself was created on the sixth day, right? That's when Rosh Hashanah is. But the idea that a Kadosh Baruchu created the world. So there was no giloy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu As far as we're concerned, that's nisgala. That's revealed from the maisim, from the schabras, from the accomplishments, from what we see. If you look in Shara Bechina, right, the, the, from the way that the, the, the world is, it works. If a person looks into the Bria, you will see the tremendous Chachma of HaKadosh Baruch that's not the same as a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, as it were. That's a revelation of, right, if you have L'Havdil, if you have a uh, an architect or a programmer or something else, then when you see the Chachma over there, then you see the Chachma as it relates to creation, as it relates to this particular project that they put in place. You can't necessarily tell anything about the depth of their emotions, the way that they engage. You could tell something from the Chachma about this project, from the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through his Chachma, created this creation. We don't have a revelation of God himself. We have a relation of the way that God relates to the world. Because those it's enough if we reflect deeply on the Bria. So for this for this aspect of it, we can relate from within the bria in order to 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 approach emuna and different dargas of this in avodas Hashem. This was the derech of the avos. It was pre matan Torah, certainly pre uh, any geula. The way they related to it, the, uh, it says that the avos were able to reflect on the bria and they were able to understand not only things about a kodesh baruch Hu, but even things about the spiritual realities. Not because of being a mitzvah of Isa, it says that the others, you know, kept the mitzvahs and so forth. They didn't keep it really mitoch a uh, a or a direct revelation mitzad matan Torah from a Kaddish Baruch Hu to them that there was a tzivoy and they were doing Ratzon Hashem. They on they were neviim also, but they on their terms understood. I think that this is correct. They they understood certain spiritual realities in the Bria the same way that there's their physical realities, there's spiritual physics, and they understood certain realities why it made sense and why this is you know in line with the shlemus of the world. And therefore, therefore, they were able to work their way backwards and reflect on these things. That's why when we keep, whether it's Giranasha, Brismila, even though it's in the Taira, in Lechacha, or, you know, by, by the Parshas of, of Avram Avinu or by Yaakov Avinu, we, the reason that we keep those mitzvahs is because it was commanded to us on Harsinai. Not because, not because it's, uh, you know, you know, not, not, not because Avram Avinu, well, the bris is a little bit different anyway, but right, not, not because, Giranasha is not because they did it, it's because we were commanded on Harsinai. That's when we became Mutzav of Aisa. That's when things changed. Even by Avram. So this is Kefisha Matara Rambam Betchilas Betchilas Parakeh, I guess, of Avodah Zarah. Kevin Shenigmal Eisan Zeh. 
Hischil l'shoitet b'daytai, it's talking about Avram Avinu. Once he was weaned, he began, his mind began to wander. He was confused by this. He looked at the world, he looked at the system, and he was able to work from within the Bria and say there's, there's an exact system. Right? There has to be something from outside the system moving it. In, in other words, it, something can't be generated. It can't generate energy from within itself. If, the, if there's some sort of a system, the way that uh, I think Victor Miller has pages and pages, you know, that talk about this, and I'm sure many Sfarim do also. Uh, the Ramam sort of fleshes it out as well. But in any event, Avram Avinu was able, suffice it for us to say, that he was able to look inside the Bria and understand that if there was some sort of a force that was generating for the world to to work and for there to be certain systems, that came from outside the system. Avram Avinu didn't grow up in yeshiva. He was in Orkazdim. Avram Avinu at the time grew up. He went to the Avodazar Dekheder and he was Oived with them. But his mind was wandering. His thoughts were wandering. And Avram Avinu was able to look at the Bria, and he was able to uncover certain truths, and he was uh, he had the integrity to be faithful to those truths and to continue until he came to the MS. And he came to the point of understanding monotheism. And that this God was the one who guided the system, who barakal, and Hashem created everything. And he was committed to these beliefs, right? But the, the, the Orkazdim, when he threw himself into the furnace, right? There's Dutut Pshatim and the Ramban. But that was before the revelation. That was before Lachlacha. So Avram Avinu, there's questions about why that's not in the Chumash, but Avram Avinu looked into the Bria and he was understood and was committed to his, his understanding. Hikar Avram Avinu, who gam. The one who created the world also guides the world, is involved with the world, and he supervises the world. The truth is, is that all of the nations initially understood that there was a creator. But afterwards, certain things got off kilter, and they started to uh, worship, honor, however you would phrase it, the malachim, the other spiritual medium and forces and vehicles in the world. The way that the Rambam describes it. So the first thing that we see is the idea of the idea of creation, uh, the idea that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the world, it guides the world, that, that He's the only source. Uh, it's true that there are malachim and there are other you know forces in the world, and these things are like we say Elokim Acherim. Nefeshchaim talks about it. Elokim is a generic word in a certain sense for forces. It's used Elohim is used in Mishpatim, I think, for for a Bezdin. But at the end of the day, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is Elokim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, these other things are vehicles 
vehicles through which HaKadosh Baruch Hu operates. There are definitely malachim. The Chazal tells us that there's not a blade of grass that grows without a malach, you know, sitting there and hitting it. So there are other other ways that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, you know, effects. He sends his shefa through them. But that Avram Avinu recognized that there was essentially one unified force. There was one unified HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or however you want to, you know, Kiviyach, however you want to frame that. And this was the one who was who was manning the world. He gave the uh, he created the world, and he he uh, you know was involved. Got it to keep on going. Okay, but my Marasina is Galak Kodesh Baruch Hu Beatzmo. But Amru Lekal Yisrael. So for number one, though, there's no revelation of a Kodesh Baruch Hu himself, as it were. It's looking into the world and the effects on the world, and you're able to work your way backwards through what you see and come to certain conclusions about the fact that there is a Kodesh Baruch Hu and and about this, right? So there's no direct revelation of Hashem. It's a revelation of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's inter- interaction with the world. It's chabras with the world. When it comes to our Sinai, there was a direct revelation. It was a direct revelation. The ten mamars that Kodesh Baruch created the world. His labshu b'so chabria. So we're going to say how Kodesh Baruch created the world. The interface between us and what Hashem said, Kiviyachol, was not us directly, as it were, hearing Hashem's words, whatever that means, but it was actually the halbasha in the Bria. What does this mean? Ma'od varech nitzah b'shemayim, that your words are standing in Shemayim. Ezu davar nitzah b'shemayim. El amra kodesh baruch hu amah ha-shemayim oimdim. What sustains Shemayim? Al-oisay davar she-amarti yihirakiyah b'soch ha-mayim v'yichain. From the fact fact that our Kodesh Baruch Hu said that there should be a rakia, and so it was, so that, the, the, the manifestation of that is that there is a Shemayim, right? Uksiv, ki hu amar veyahi, osu davr asa. The, what we see, working, I mean, we have the, we, we have the Tyra, so this is from the Torah, but the the way that we understand what that, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created the world is because we see we see the world, we see that the world perpetuates. Hakadosh Baruch Hu commanded and the world endured. The way that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created is the way that the world is now. So when it comes to the creation of the world, there's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, but the way that we relate to that is through the Halbasha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that there should be a Rakia, and we see that there is a Rakia. And we know from the Torah what happened, but that the revelation that we have towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is, in, the, is in what his words effected. The revelation of Harsinai was not the same. In other words, it wasn't that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Aseris Hadibros and then we saw the interaction with that in the Bria, right? The example that sometimes we use is if you want to know if it's raining, but you can't see the rain because it's too small, it's too high up, whatever it is, you look at the puddle and then you see the effect that the water has on the puddle so you know that it's raining. Those are two different things. Seeing the effect that A has on B and therefore being able to work your way backwards and know something about A is different from having a direct revelation. When it comes to Arsinai, there was a direct revelation. 
his galazos, his chila in Moshe Rabbeinu Olav Shalom Bahar Chayiv Mitayach This general parsha of a direct revelation started with Moshe Rabbeinu by the burning bush. Yamsuf, and it through this the Kufa and the miracles. and it reached a peak by Matan Taira. Shaina Muna Mibuses Alas Galazois, Mizuamusesa Sabriasa Olam. These are two different categories of Amuna. Having an idea that a Kodish Baruch who created the world and the way that we relate to it through the Halbush of the world is different from a direct revelation to of a Kodish Bahu, Kikamersham, who is Barakhamistater, like we said. By the Briya Sa'olam, that Akkadish Baruchu was hidden. Vilukanhu ba'atzmo is gala. One of them is a direct interface, as it were, Navua, direct revelation of Akkadish Baruchu. And the other one is that we see only somebody so perfect, you know, so unified, would have, could have created the world like this. And therefore, we're able to draw conclusions and uh, about Akkadish Baruchu. Or at least the way that he created the world and so forth. Harsinai uh, is different. Very, uh, this is very interesting. The Kiddush starts off in third person. That's one part. When it comes to Beresh, my Beresh, it's third person because we didn't have any direct interaction with that. This is second person. Now here also, first of all, the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim was not just knowledge, it was experience. But second of all, it says that you chose us and you were Mekadish Mikola Amim. So this first of all is a direct nevuah and it's also a relationship, right? Once a Kaddish Baruch who creates a world and creates a world for a purpose, so to just leave it to its own devices doesn't make any sense. You know, the idea that our Kaddish Baruch Hu now has a link and a relationship and an interaction and it's dynamic and responsive, as it were, because he makes himself responsive so that the world and the, the reaching a purpose... Uh, I'll tell you one interesting part at the end that relates to Purim. Um, but so now having this interaction, that's Matan Torah. Kodesh Baruch Hu spoke to us. He told us what's expected of us. How right? If if you do this, then the world will react like that. So now the world is going is guided towards a certain end, and we have a piece of that, and it's and it's going to be based on our actions and our thoughts and our speech and our deeds, right? And there's going to be schar Um If the if the world would be created and ultimately reach a purpose, we didn't talk about CPC Yeshua yet, but reach a Geula without regard to our actions, then our actions are, you know, pretty, relatively insignificant. So the, the 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 fact that we have this relationship, that our actions matter, and that uh, and that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is communicating with us, this is this is Matantira. When it comes to Maisa Bereishis, it's third person. When it comes now to establishing a relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, it's second person. So these two things are built into Kiddush. We form a relationship in Klal Yisrael Lebein Hakadosh Baruch Hu. From starting from Matan Tyra Nimshcha Nevuah B'Klal Yisrael Ad Chorben Abayas Arishain. So at this point, Nevuah was I guess there were individual Neviim, maybe not in the Tzur of Klal Yisrael. Aaron was a Navi. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu before and also, but he says this is when Nevuah 
came into Klal Yisrael going through towards Chorban Bayez Rishayin. Umisham ve'elach ishtam shubabaskol. There were still other forms of relationship of communication. She madrega yedua beruach hakodesh. Umisham nimshach gam derech hatfilas shaklal Yisrael b'chodor seinu alayom shanuponim al kodesh baruch hu b'chol abrachos v'tfilas blush naata. Now also it's not maybe as manifest to us. We say you know where where do, where do our tefillas get answered? But the truth is is that we uh, the Mesilas Sharma thing says that this is one of the hardest parts of avoda. We say Baruch Ato, we daven directly to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We are talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's close to us. It's interesting, the, uh, again, like the, these points are all so broad that we could have 10 shiram on every paragraph of this and never stop, but I just happened to pull off the shelf one of the volumes from Rav Shimshin Pincus on, uh, on Amuna, and he mentions that he's, t- he's talking about Amuna, and he says, you know, we relate to the relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu as being very abstract and philosophical when we talk about these things, but it's really not the, the fact that the the fact that uh, he says he was once talking to a group of five year olds. So he says that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has no body, no eyes, no ears. So one boy said, "It's true, he doesn't have anything." So he says, I explained to the child that it's not so. It's not that Hashem doesn't have anything. It's that he has everything. He doesn't need eyes in order to see or ears in order to hear. Right? In other words, we because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, because we relate to things as being practical and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is beyond that, so we say, well, if be because by us the eyes give us an ability to see, so if a Kaddish Baruch Hu doesn't have eyes, so that means that like you know he's not he he can't see the same way we see. No, our seeing is a limitation. What's seeing? Seeing is the way that we interface with like things around us. A Kaddish Baruch Hu's knowledge and understanding and sight, so to speak, is much is much deeper. It's much broader. It's much more infinitely deep. It's qualitatively different and more enhanced. I mean, obviously we're talking about insight. There's no you can't even talk about sight. But in other words, it's it's much more so than that. All these things that we have are a hint of of anything. They're only a limitation. So he says, if a Kaddish Baruch was infinite, defined in that is that everything that that we. It's like we don't want to say that. Oh, we could talk to Hashem like He's a person. The Gemara says there. I think it was Rabbi Yochanan and said, Halavai that you should think about Hashem as a Melech Basar Vadam, right? Halavai that we should relate to Hashem the same way as if He was a real live person, right? You know, His spited us, but uh, you know, certainly Breslov is full of that. You know, just opening up a dialogue and and besides for just formalized prayer, talking to a Kaddish Baruch was if He was a person. You know, that's step one. We all want to start at step a million. Well, one started step a million, but the truth is, is that started step one. If you can't, if you can't talk to Hakadosh Baruch Hu at least as much as you would talk to anybody else, so then that, that's step one of your amuna, right? Just to, to to do the types of things that you would do if you had a relationship. Anyway, he just says one other thing. He says many people mistakenly view Hashem's relationship with us as an abstract philosophical concept, since Hashem's true nature cannot be defined in human terms. But this is not the way. A person must get into the habit of living with Hashem. Right, and he he, he talk, talks about it in a in a very uh, or but he he talks about it in a very real and practical, uh, in, in a very real and practical way. So in any event, again we have Bria Sa'ilam, which we relate to a Kaddish Baruch Hu through 
the perfection of the Bria and through the consequence of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, you know, affected. And then we have Matan Torah, which sets up a dynamic of a relationship, and this is true in a broader sense, and it's also true in a in a one-on-one sense. We have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that's, again, it's responsive, it's dynamic. Now, now we, we know when it comes to the Jews versus the Gayim, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu created all people, Right, Adam Arishon wasn't a Jew. Adam Arishon was the entirety of humanity. Right, Jews in a certain sense didn't come along. Arguably, I guess you could say till Avram Avinu, but really until until Nisa, until Yitzias Mitzrayim. So it's funny. I was having a conversation with somebody who's you know, um, we're we talking about what's the difference between you know a Jew is a Jew better than a guy and this and that. So you know, as I said, even without getting into it, you know, let's say a person has a child. Right, so in objective terms, maybe that child might not be as smart as his friend, and it might not be as good of a musician. He might not be as quick. He might not be as tall, as good looking, whatever it is. Right. So, does the fact that you say I have a a, a more direct relationship with my child is that saying anything bad about the other kid? No, the, the other kid has his own parents. Right. It, it's not saying anything necessarily bad. At the and the truth is, is that the Jews are a family. You can marry into a family. We accept Geir. We don't push Geirim. We accept Geirim and the Goyim have seven mitzvahs in Noach, they can have their own relationship on their own level. But at the end of the day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the world, and he has certain emissaries in the world that he has a particular relationship with, and B'ni B'chayri Yisrael, and we have, a, we have a different style of relationship. So he says, So with regard to Hashem's relationship with the world, with the people that are going to accomplish this purpose, and have, so the Klal Yisrael are the chosen ones. And therefore, the Torah, which is the expression of Ratzon Hashem in this world, and you know the mitzvahs, and it allows us to engage with Hakadosh Baruch Hu and learn and be davuk to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that was given only to Klal Yisrael. The idea of being a mitzvah of on on all the mitzvahs, six hundred thirteen of the mitzvahs. For whatever the reason, we're not getting into it, but the goyim, again, they want to convert. It's fine. The goyim, as it are, they don't have the kalim. Now, you could say, well, why can't they do the mitzvahs? I mean, listen, we all know if you go and give give your wife flowers, right, That has that, that's one expression. If somebody else, maybe it's an office gift, I don't know, somebody else gives your wife flowers, maybe they're even nicer flowers, that doesn't have the effect, right? There are certain things you need to decay. If you give a person a, uh, I mean, even something else, give somebody a present on their birthday, it has one meaning. Give them the same present on a different day, it has another meaning, right? The, the goyim don't have the kalim to relate to the Torah, to relate to the mitzvahs. It doesn't make a difference what they do. They're, they don't have that this relationship dynamic. L'chena, kla Yisrael, so Klal stands alone in its amuna and zavoda. Ad kamesh goyim is karvu liamona manotheistic. Tis manotistis, whatever it says. Yesh hevel rav beinemu beinenu kafishikazurim maharamam migeres teimon. We'll see in a second what the Rambam says. Even though they do come to an understanding of monotheism. Nevertheless, says the Rambam, ve'ein hefresh bein datenu zois l'shara adaso sheroitz l'dmosin eleha ela kemoshiyesh hefresh bein adam achaya margish bein atzelim shepaslay uman meeitzos sheyatzkim matches. When it comes to 
a relationship or a dynamic or an interaction. So what's the difference? What's the difference between a live person and a dead person, right? All the parts are there. So he says between a living person and let's say a statue. He says that's the difference, right? Where's, where, where's the warmth? You could talk to a statue. I mean, now when you have like AI, you, you literally can have like avatars and bots and things like that. So, so some of the bots, some of the, the chat GPT might even give you a better response than half the people that you know. It might even be a better converse, conversationalist. So what's missing? So the Rambam says what's missing is that one person is a person and the other one is a statue, right? I mean, again, this is like coming out more and more, more and more now. Cain of a Kuzari, it's like we're a living nation and they're a dead nation. From the outside, they have all the parts. A dead body has all of the parts of a live body. There's really what's the difference between a dead person and a sleeping person? Okay, okay, the heart's moving, but not in that sense, right? The idea of having life, of being dynamic, of having energy, of having a relationship, of having meaning and emotion. There's a fundamental difference that it's almost it could almost be hard to quantify. So the Kuzari says that the other nations are like dead nations. They have all the right pieces. They look like, it looks like a nation. The Jews look like a nation. Other nations look like a nation. However, he says, it's not more than just, it's what it seems like on the outside. They make churches. They make, uh, you know, what looks like a shul, what looks like a synagogue. It's a house of worship. Did you ever see God talk back? Right? In other words, in a certain sense, sometimes it could be uncomfortable, right? Sometimes, I think the Kuzari talks about this also, sometimes it could be uncomfortable what the response is. When the Jews are not doing what they're supposed to be doing and they experience like a tremendous destruction and yet they're still around, right? Like the famous story of Napoleon or something when he walked in and he saw people sitting on the floor by Tishabov and he said, anybody who's crying over a house that's 2,000 years old will live to see, you know, to see it come back. Did you ever see a guy, you know, other nations have their culture all but destroyed because they weren't being faithful to their religion and yet they were dispersed and, you know, still having common bond? You don't see that dynamic in the Bria. So yes, they can get together and they can have their 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 house of worship. But is there even sometimes when it's a hard message, is there any sort of like a dynamic, responsive, you know, type of relationship with their deity? They have asceticism. They do all of the types of things that a navi might do to withdraw from Gashmias, and they don't have nevua. However, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not going to ultimately leave this mistake in the world. It's here for a reason. It contributes to Avoda. It contributes to the state of the world, the way that it needs to be to be on its track. A lot of this is actually spoken out and fleshed out in the Rosh Hashanah Vadim, if you remember. So, number one, there's going to be a Gilo Yehudo in the end of days. And number two, Leino Kochai, is Batel. And number two, all of the Ra will become Batel. Mitzad Amunasenu, Eno Zakukim Lizgalazos. Ki Amunasenu Beru Lahafli Blishum Hester. So, the truth is, is that when it comes to Amuna, if you know something for a fact, then it doesn't make it more or less true whether it actually happens, right? In other words, if you know, it, it, do you believe the the sun is going to come up tomorrow? Yeah, so do you believe that any less? 
tonight before the sun comes up? No. From a point of view of Amuna, you have just as much Amuna tonight when you go to sleep that the sun is going to come up tomorrow as when you see it actually come up. We don't need this Giloy in order to strengthen our Amuna. That's the truth. As far as we're concerned, we have knowledge of it and we have acknowledgement of it and we, we know it to be 100% true. The fact that there's going to be a Mashiach and the fact that the fact that the world has a purpose and the world will ultimately reach that purpose and just that there's a process and the world has to go through the process. We believe that just as much as anything else in the Bria if you have if you have a Muna. However, at the end of the day, it's sometimes it's a painful process, right? Sometimes if you have a parent, sometimes the right approach in Chinuch is to let a kid have his space. So maybe the kid is being a tremendous chutzpah or whatever it is, and a person decides that the right approach is going to be to not say anything, or they have an employee, and they decide, and somebody's watching from the outside, and they see somebody going and talking to the boss, to the parent, whoever it is, and they're being tremendously disrespectful. And even though in order to ultimately get to the end of the game, this is the right move, it's a painful thing to watch. Right, so he says at the end of the day, it's not an amuna issue, uh, right? So in other words, what's the difference to us whether whether it comes now, comes later? At the end of the day, we're in Avelis in a certain sense. The fact that we know that everything is going to be okay doesn't make it less challenge certain things, less challenging or less difficult while they're going through, while we're going through them. Um, so these three things, we had Bria Sa'olam, we talked about a lot, we have Matan Torah, and then ultimately we have Tzfiya Ligu'ula, the fact that we're going to reach Ge'ula. We've said before, it's a, it's a, a watchtower, right? It's like GPS redirects. And we're the peace of Yeshua, so we, know, we don't know exactly how it's going to get there, but if you take, make a wrong term, Waze is going to redirect you. We know that the world is on track. A lot of, a lot of uh, the, the, the basic Tastfunis talks about this, right? That there's a dynamic, and then there's the ultimate Hashkacha, which will be leading towards a certain end. And sometimes in the interim, we don't know how it's going to get there. Some pieces don't seem to fit. Sometimes it seems to take a terrible left turn in the middle of our lives or in other people's lives. That doesn't shake us. The fact that if you plug in the end address into ways, the fact that you take 57 wrong turns, maybe it'll take you longer to get there, but we have no doubt that the system is going to redirect you to get there in the end. The question is only how, where it's a piece of the truth. Sometimes something happens and you say, I'm Tzifisa, I have a watchtower, I'm looking long term, I'm curious how it's ultimately going to get me there. Right, so in our terms, we had the creation, we had relationship, and dynamic rela- uh, relationship, and experience with Hashem, and then ultimately we have design. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is arranging the world in order that ultimately we're going to get there. Sometimes this is has to be responsive; it can take a little bit longer. But these are the three ideas that we're talking of in terms of Amuna. And all of our tefilas, our relationship with Hashem, is dealing basically with these three things. That really the 13 Ikrim of the Rambam are dealing with these three pieces and what flows from them. So now we're going to be entering in soon into the Vadim, and I'm going to tell you one thing that you can work on to strengthen these three things. A person who says Amen with full 
whether it's volume, again, within parameters, you can't say, I mean, louder than the Mavarech, whether the Heshmei Rab is the same, or maybe it means full emotional investment. But in any event, the Machlekes, what Bechol Koychoi means, Paischem Leishare Gan Eden, Shnemer Pischu Sharm, V'yavu Goytzadak Shemer Amunim, Al-Tikri Shemer Amunim, Ela Shemer Aymrim Amen. It's not the, the ones who maintain faith, but rather the ones who say Amen. What's Amen? Amr Bechinina, Kel Melech Nemon. Rashi, Kachmeir al Baroshu, Kel Melch Neman, it's a Gemara and Shabbos, Kofiotes, Hashem Kel, Hashem Kel, the name Kel, Hu Hashem Shalmidas Chasta Yisbarach, Asher Oilam Chesed Ibana. It's the name of Akadosh Baruch Hu creating the world, Oilam Chesed Ibana. Okay, Hakadosh Baruch Hu didn't need anything. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is ain't is ain't safe. However, Hakadosh Baruch Hu made room, so to speak, for creation. It was it was total chesed, right? It certainly wasn't din. Hakadosh Baruch Hu didn't owe us anything. Or wasn't paying us back for anything. It was just Hakadosh Baruch Hu bring me koyachal to give chesed. Melech niya Kodesh Baruch Hu aleinu aidei Kabbalah Satayra and Melech Belayam Kodesh Baruch Hu made himself became a Melech by Kabbalah Satayra. Neman hu lahavi asagula lahachios mesim. Kel Melech Neman stands for these three elements of Amuna. Kel is is uh, Chesed Olam Chesed Ibana creation. Melech is Matan Taira is the relationship is Tzivui is Menemetzover, and Neman is the fact that there's going to be Tzipisli Yeshua that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is going to bring the Geula Tchias Amesim Harebe Anias Amen, which is Kel Melech Neman Mahadet Tzol Shalkol Shloishes Galios, and that means that with the word Amen, the response Amen uh, invested in there is a allegiance is a, is a so we're subscribing. To, three, to these three elements of Amuna. Via Amin When a person says Amen and he relates to these these ideas, then he's relating directly to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, again, in this world. It's a giloy, it's opening up Sharagan Eden, but he's a, like we said before, a person who's a Ben Oilam Haba. person Ben Oilam Haba doesn't mean he's going to Olam Haba later, it means he's living in Oilam Haba now, like a Ben Taira, right? A Bardas, right? A person is a, <coughs> a Bar Mitzvah. It's now, he's a Ben Oilam Haba now, he's living in Oilam Haba now. He stands ready, willing, able. He's a, he becomes a kli for a re- revelation, for a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Before one who says Amen, like we're describing, are the gates of Gan Eden. He's peering inside. Right? There's a... Um, I don't know, the, one of the pieces in Likut Maran, maybe in Taira Dalit, maybe, a, a person who lives with, with everything Kaddish Baruch Hu does for the good, it says he's living with Me'in Oilam Haba now. Yeah? Ki gan Eden hu Oilam Agali B'li Hester Panim. If a person truly lives in a world like this, so then that's Be'etzem Me'in Oilam Haba. He's living, he's living with the, he's peering into the, he doesn't live in the world now, the, we look around the world, the world is, we're, we're in Golis, but as far as he's living, his his head, his glimpse, he's living in a Gan Edendik world of revelation. Ishi Talmud Chacham, Hayim Hargashta Pam Kishamarata Amin Asatechana Adri B'milik Tanazu, did you ever understand this meaning, this depth of what, what would it mean when we say Amin? Hein Zet Sarach Islam Desem Rubad Shen Yagiya La'aniya 
Yes, I mean Kazu. This obviously is not going to happen right away. It's You're not going to be able to do this with every Amen. So here's, here's the task. So you choose to accept it. Before Baruchu in the morning by Yishtabach, Bimincha and by Mara of Lefnei Shmonesrei, and the two Amens, the last Amen of the Kaddish going into Shmonesrei by Mincha and by by Mincha and by Marav. Mm. I was going to tell you one thing. I actually heard on the, uh, I think I heard it maybe on the Aleph Beta podcast. It wasn't Rabbi Foreman, it was somebody else. I don't know. It was beautiful art. I, I think it is what it said. I was in the car. But uh, he said, we're just talking about the relationship between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, uh, you know, on one hand, we say HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world and Sipis Leishua, the world is going someplace. So, you know, how do we balance that out with the fact that our actions matter and that it's a dynamic world and it's going to get there anyway? So we know that, that uh, there's a lot, a lot of tires and a lot of different ideas to say, but I'm going to tell you one idea. That when it comes to the Megillah, so it says, Hamelech Hakadosh Baruch Hu is nowhere in the Megillah. So he says, from wherever he comes from, he says, uh, says Hakadosh Baruch Hu comes up once in the Megillah. Where, when Mordechai te- tells Esther, Esther says, I don't want to go into Achashverosh because Ishtadlus, she's scared, doesn't make sense, she wasn't called, excuse me, in a while, and Mordechai says, it's up to you, you can go in or you don't, or or not go in. But if, but if you don't go in, then Hatzalah is going to come mimakom acher. So it said, what, how is Mordechai so sure? What's makom acher? Makom acher is Hashem. So he said, two questions. Number one, if, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu is only coming, this is the only place really HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in reference to the Megillah, first of all, then Mordechai should scream, the, the Megillah should scream out, Be'ezrus Hashem! Hashem is Barach, Ratzon Hashem, right? Hashem, Hashem is going to save us. First of all, it's really just sort of like behind the scenes. Mimakom Acher, help will come. Mimakom Acher. The second question is. Second question is: Is this would seem the 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 appropriate response from Esther should be, phew. I thought that if I don't go in to save the Jews, then nobody's going to save the Jews. Now that you're telling me that Atzal is going to come in Acher, I feel much better. Well, let me save my life, right? In other words, now that I realize, and said that wasn't her response. So this was the place where it was coming off, and he gave he gave a, a very interesting answer. He said, "You know, it's a very hard balance because if I say that everything is coming from Hashem, so then my actions don't really matter." If I say that everything that I'm building the world and everything is coming from me, so then you can get to Gaiva and Kaichvait and Yadi. It becomes a very self-centered avoda instead of God-centered. Meaning, I want to do the right things. I want to do the mitzvahs, but it's not really as batlus. I'm not being batlus myself to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It really becomes about me. How do we look at the relationship of us and Hakadosh Baruch Hu? And he said, we look. I, I, I've seen a similar similar uh, ideas in other contexts. Really, it's a partnership. In other words, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has his plan, and in a global, broader sense, that plan will be accomplished. But there's different ways of accomplishing things, right? In other words, he can use this example. There's different ways. Let's say, let's say, a person, 
a person, uh, you know, I don't know, has to go to, in a punishment context, you could have din, you could have rachamim, right? And those both achieve the same thing sometimes. Let's say a person needs to go to jail for a year, but they don't want to go to jail for a year, they're going to miss their family, whatever it is, so they could have 10 years of community service. So assuming that those both equal the same thing, but there's, you know, potentially going to be a different impact, right? There's a very different impact, whether or not the guy's going to be away from his family for a year, or whether or not he'll have to do community service for, you know, one hour on a Sunday, for 10 years so it could be that both of those will pay the same debt that he has to society but they'll have very different impact right there's there's different ways where you can where somebody can have a plan that plan can be met but if it's met in a different way there actually will be a difference in how in how it's approached so the, the idea he's saying is that we don't even want to mention HaKadosh Baruch Hu too much because why is because if we introduce Hashem just enough. If we introduce Hashem too much and it becomes about Hashem, then we lose we, we lose our enthusiasm in order to do our part. If we focus too much on our part, then we, we lose our commitment to excuse me, understand we're doing what Kaj Baruch Hu wants. We have to understand that the truth is is that we're subscribing to an eternal mission. We're just we're, we're subscribing to Ratz and Hashem and Akadosh Baruch who runs the world. But whether or not we act will make a difference, right? And this is what really Mordechai's message was to Esther: that in a broader sense, Akadosh Baruch will accomplish whatever he's going to accomplish. So that that that's the truth. But if you accomplish it through you. That if you don't do this, if you choose to stay silent, if you choose not to act, so then whatever you could have accomplished actually won't be accomplished, right? The idea that you're a partner in a certain way, it's like we have even in Torah Shabbat right? In other words, the, the, we don't paskin like a baskol. Even if there would be something that Bezdin would would paskin that's not like that, that's not like the the emes in Shemayim. But Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us a right to create certain realities in the world, and that becomes that becomes the actual halacha, right? So so anyway, he went he went on this vein, sort of understanding this this dynamic between the idea that there's there's a bria, there's a tzipisli Yeshua, but there's also matan Torah. It fits very nicely. There's, there's a there's a certain partnership in terms of how the world is structured and our place in the world and how we interact in a way that very much makes the difference. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is guiding the world at large, and uh, but, but there's also a very big difference in the way that we uh, you know, act together with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And, uh, yep, yeah, okay. Who said that? I forgot his name. I could look. I think it was on the Aleph Beta podcast, which was by David Foreman's podcast. David Foreman's podcast. Okay, anyway. Shkayach. Shkayach. On the